0: Thanks, Joanna. Good morning. Good morning. This is pretty cool coming in this morning. Just knowing what I studied this, you know, this last couple of weeks to preach today, um, and then seeing it in action was just—it was—it was hard to it was hard to keep it all in. I couldn't sing half the time. I was in tears, just like watching around, looking around, watching kids play on the floor with their cars watching other kids play with other kids watching parents and adults and everybody worship and praise God it's like man this is this is like a snapshot of what I've been studying for the last 2 weeks and it's just whoo it's really cool my name's Tom I'm a deacon at New City I'm one of the guys and one of the guys and gals that gets to serve the church in a, in a way in a role and when Kenny and Vince, one of them's on sabbatical, which seems like always. One of you guys are always, you're all, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, hang on. <laughs> I, want, I want this at my job. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Whenever one of them is on sabbatical, they, they reach out to others to help share the teaching and preaching load, and it's an honor to do that. It's, it's, I always do this. And I get to the point where I'm doing it, and I'm like, man, this is blessing me so much more than any of you are going to get, I'm sure. So it's an honor. Let's, if you would, turn with me to the book of Psalms, uh, the book 92, Psalm 92. I'm just going to read God's word to start out, if that's cool. Um, I'm reading from the ESV, so if yours is different, you know why. Psalm 92 says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp and to the the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand this. That though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. This is God's word. That's it. That's all I got. (laughs) If you've been here the last few weeks, three, four, four weeks, you know that we've been going through the book of Psalms, and so far, we've kind of experienced Psalms of lament, you know, just crying out to God. Um. In times of suffering and sadness, there's a lot of emotion in in what we've been going through. We've been going through just psalms of being in a dry place, but finding an oasis or a feast in the desert. I think Kenny preached about that last week. Um, And these, so far, there's just been amazing sources of hope and encouragement. Because I think everybody here has that. We all have just areas of life where we suffer, we're struggling, or that are difficult or dry, and it doesn't mean um, it, it doesn't necessarily come from a place of being economically poor or wealthy, or it doesn't come from a source of being emotionally or or yeah, emotionally poor or suffering, or physically poor or suffering. It's just the way life is right now. We're, we're not yet there, right? We're not yet in the presence of God. We're not yet in a place where there is no suffering. Sin is gone. Yes, God has defeated it. Jesus died on the cross for our sin, and he's defeated death and sin. And there'll be a time for, for when there's no more suffering and no more sin, but these, the Psalms are talking about what we're going through now. And the thing I love about this Psalm is it's just, I felt like God was telling me when, when Kenny asked me to preach, I even told Kenny, I said, I feel like all this suffering and lament and terribleness, I think there's got to be a Psalm in there that actually calls us to be joyful and calls us to celebrate and calls us to something different for today. And so that's why, as I was reading through, I picked Psalm 92, because it's a beautiful, amazing psalm. And it's the psalm for the Sabbath. It even has that title if you look in your Bible. It says, a psalm for the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is today, right? But it's also Sabbath means a day of rest or a time of rest. And so I want to start off by asking you guys, how many of you have taken vacation this year? Just raise your hand. How many of you ever took vacation? Anytime ever in your life. What does that feel like? Rest. What's that? Rest. It's restful. I know that. Yeah, amen. What else does it feel like? Living. It's relaxing. It's what? Living. It's living. I know for me, I every time I get to take a vacation... It comes to this point where I'm, I'm literally at, the, like I'm at work the last day before I know, okay, after today, I have like two weeks or a week or even three days of rest, and I don't have to do anything. I don't have to. It's, it's amazing, this sense of relief. There's this sense of, huh, you just sigh, and I feel like, man, this is awesome. This is what. I wish I could do this all the time. And almost to a person, we probably think about life as we go through life and think, how can I work and set things up now so that I could be on permanent vacation? How many do that? (laughs) It's called retirement, but a lot of us think about it like, how can I do that earlier than 65, 68, 70? Well, this verse, this chapter in Psalm is is sort of like, a preview to a spiritual vacation it's a it's a in in my soul it's a glimpse of what looks like what it looks like to vacation spiritually it's a song that's really it's a something to embrace as we gather corporately together on this day sunday and remember it's an action corporately of worship It's intended to be a delight and a joy. Just like when you're done at the end of the day before you go on vacation. You're like, yeah. You know, you're ready to go. It's awesome. That feeling is amazing. That's what this is intended for today. As we all come here today, we're like, yes, I get to go and celebrate with the family. It's intended to lift our spirits. Outside of our circumstances. Or even because of them.
1: It's for everybody who has abundance. And it's for everyone that's barely staying afloat.
0: It was actually a reminder to Israel. That this day. On this day. Their thoughts should be lifted up off of their daily circumstances. And. And look at at God. Look at the Lord. It's about giving thanks for who God is and all that he's done. It's intended to remind us to worship on the day of rest together. To celebrate the greatness of God. The greatness of who he is and the work that he's done. And then to worship him for it. And it's a reminder of what our hearts can do every day throughout the week. It's not just Sunday. Sunday is like this huge... You ever watch uh, fireworks on the 4th of July? It's like Sunday is the grand finale so that you can... It's almost like putting the grand finale at the beginning of the fireworks show so you can do the rest of them throughout the week, right? In the beginning, God created... How many remember this story? God created. How many days did it take him? Uh -uh. Six days. On the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. And he declared his work good. And he made this day a holy day of rest, of Sabbath, of worship. And it was for the purpose of enjoying and proclaiming the goodness of his work. So I think today, this psalm, we're going to go through it, <clears throat> and I want to look at three things. I want to look at why. Why do we worship today? Why do we give thanks on the Sabbath? The second thing, I want to look at how we do it. How do we worship on the Sabbath? And the third thing is, is I want to look at when. So it's pretty simple, the, the, the why, the how, and the when. Cool? Are you tracking? Kenny told me to say that. Cause they always say that. Are you tracking? We're tracking. All right, good.
1: <laughs> so why do we worship on the Sabbath? Sorry, I gotta get to my get to my my scripture references. I'm a little behind.
0: Verse five says, "How great are your works, O Lord." Verse eight says. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord. For behold, your enemies shall perish, and evil doers shall be scattered. We worship. Why? It's because of who God is. This passage is saying who God is. It says, you're great, O Lord. Your work, the work of your hands is, is amazing. In, Sam, in 2 Samuel 22, 4, uh, it says, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. He's worthy. 1 Samuel 6, 20 says, who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? He's holy.
1: He's glorious. Verse 8 says, your thoughts. I'm sorry, not verse 8. Verse. Says your thoughts are very deep. Who knows the thoughts of God? So we worship, why? Because of who God is, right? He's glorious. He's
0: holy. He's worthy of our worship. His thoughts are deeper than we can imagine. We worship God because of what he has done. The scriptures, This scripture goes through, through it, and it says, Your steadfast love, your faithfulness. Verse 10 talks about how he's exalted my horn. You have poured over me fresh oil. Verse 5 talks about the greatness of his work. How great are your works, O Lord. His defeat of our enemies and the judgment over them. Verses 9 and 11. We think about the enemies and how many of us do this. We look around and we see the evil people prosper, right? We see it everywhere, all over. I mean, look look at our Congress. I mean, look at where we live. We see it everywhere, and, and yet this verse reminds us that God is going to have justice. He's going to defeat the enemies of his kingdom. And then we worship him because he's saved us. He's delivered us from what? From sin, from the, from the wages of sin. He's delivered us from death and separation. Another reason we worship is because it's, it's right. It's right and it's appropriate. In Revelation 4, verse 11, it says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. So, why do we get together and we worship like this? Why do we do this? It's because we value or we're called to value and treasure God above everything else. This is a time we can pause through all the rest of the week. And we can rest before we start our next week and we can say, Help, help me, Father. Let me, remind, let me be reminded of your goodness. Let me be reminded of all the things they've done so that I can rightly align my
1: heart to value and treasure you above everything else. When we treasure other things above God, it's kind of weird because
0: you don't think about treasuring something as being a bad thing. But treasuring something above God is actually settling for far less than what is very best. You're tracking? Good.
1: We also worship because it's good. It's good for us. We were created to worship, to be in the
0: presence of God, to, to witness and and see his glory, to see the amazing things that he created. It's good for our souls. It lifts us up. How many of you sat or stood today and, and sang together
1: and just felt, emotionally felt good? I know I did. It, it brings freedom. How many of you cried today?
0: There's something about worshiping together with the family of God that liberates us to to release the emotion, the feeling, and the stuff. Even no matter what we're going through, we just weep because like wow, yeah, this is good for my soul. It frees me to to just let go. Worship is the source of our truest. Delight. There's nothing that will make us
1: more joyful or happy than to worship God. Nothing. There's nothing. Our souls long for that more than anything. We were created that way. We also worship because God values it. Isn't that something? God loves
0: the worship of his people. Psalm 22 says, you are holy. You're enthroned on the praises of your people. He's glorified by it. He's honored by our worship. He desires that our hope and our praise to be in him because he knows that that's the best place for it. He knows that if it's not, we're settling for less than what he intended. He knows that we're, we're pursuing something lower than less than what he has
1: for us, which he knows is best. And so worship of God is what he desires for us, because he knows it just, it's good for our souls. So how do we worship? How, what does it look like? We kind of see it today. What do we? How do we worship today?
0: How do we celebrate today? We songs, yeah. We we have songs.
1: What else? We pray. Communion, yeah. Read the word. What else? Oh, sorry.
0: Giving, yeah. It's good. A lot of people are like, all right, it's time to give time. <laughs> but God, mean, God means for that to be, man, God, you've been generous to me. I just want to give everything I have because
1: all that I have is yours and it's not mine. We, we come together on Sunday and we worship together
0: we we talk to each other we declare god's goodness how many of you had conversations before we sat down and formally started the service are you guys blessed by that or is it just a yeah i guess i'll talk to Finn over here while i'm waiting
1: <laughs>
0: we come together we get to fellowship it's an act of worship. We get to fellowship before we sit down and actually focus our hearts and attention on praising God in song and in, with music and, and in the preaching of the Word. We get to focus. Or before we get to focus, we get to fellowship. After service, I don't see everybody bolt for the exits. Most of the time, we've got to kick people out. We're like, hey, we've got to close the school <laughs> We find amazing encouragement, I do, about you guys, in hearing stories, in talking to each other. We share evidence of God's grace. It's an amazing time to come together to do this because it's good for us. We need each other. This psalm, this scripture is saying, hey, do this stuff.
1: It's good for you. To remind each other of his grace and his mercy. Amen? We sing songs about about who God is, about what he's done. Um,
0: We sing songs that proclaim his glory. We sing songs that declare his faithfulness. Songs that talk about his loving kindness. It's the first verse. It's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High.
1: Singing. It's an amazing source of... Of heart connection, isn't it? How
0: many people have seen various videos on Facebook or YouTube where they say, hey, this is what happens when you get your groove. Your song comes on, right? And there's like a photo of a baby sitting in the back seat, sleeping in a car seat, and the mom or dad turns the radio on, and their song comes on. The baby wakes up and just starts jamming out to the song. There's something about singing and music and song that connects our hearts. And when it's brought together with family for the purpose of praising God, there's something really powerful about that and good and right. How many of you work out? Go to the gym? You listen to music? I got a confession. My secret workout music is like Taylor Swift and all these... I'm serious... Like these girl teeny bopper bands or singers. I don't know why, but they, they start playing them, and I'm like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd think a close second is country music. But I don't typically listen. <laughs> What'd you say? Not I'm not alone. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's. It gets your feet tapping. It gets your juices going, right? It gets you mo- motivated. The Bible proclaims that singing is the music of nature. Isaiah forty four twenty three says the mountains break forth, break forth into singing, O mountains. Psalm sixty three thirteen, valleys they shout and sing together for joy. First Chronicles sixteen thirty three. Then all the trees of the forest sing for joy.
1: Singing is the music of saints. Psalm 149 talks about the
0: multitude singing to the Lord a new song. Singing is a music of angels. Job 38.7 talks about when all the morning stars sang together. In creation, as angels were watching and seeing God create, they sang together for joy.
1: Singing is the music of heaven. Revelation 5 verse
0: 9. is a scene in the throne room. At the end of days.
1: When all the multitudes are singing. And they sing a new song.
0: Karl, Karl Barth. I don't know if you guys know who this is. Anybody know? Who is he? He's, a, he's a, Reform, a, a theologian of the Reformation, yep. I don't know if he's German or Swiss, but here's what he said. I like what he said. He said, the Christian church sings. It is not a choral society. It's singing is not a concert but from inner material necessity it sings. Singing is the highest form of human expression. There's something about this passage calling us to sing together in praise to the Lord Most High. We express praise and honor by singing. We express praise and honor by musical instrument. Verse 3 talks about it. What does he say here in verse 3? To the music of the lute and the harp and to the melody of the lyre. There's a place in the Bible where David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. And he gets all these guys and says, hey, play these instruments. And it goes on and talks about what he does. I'm going to read it from
1: First Chronicles Sorry, I've got to line this up here First Chronicles, chapter thirteen, verse eight. Come on Oh man, that's not the right. I'm on second Kings. All right.
0: It says, and David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, with song and lyres and harps and tambourines and cymbals and trumpets. This is an amazing picture of a man after God's heart praising the Lord and using instruments. And then again in chapter 15, it says, verse 16, He says, David also commanded the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their brothers as the singers who should play loudly on musical instruments, on harps and lyres and cymbals, to raise sounds of joy. So we get this picture in the Bible of what it looks like to worship with instruments, to sing with our voices. And these are play with all your heart, with all your skill, with all your might. Endeavor to be excellent in this because it's for the purpose of bringing the saints together to sing
1: and proclaim and worship God. Song and music, they're gifts from God. It was
0: included in creation, and it's included at the consummation of God's story. It's at the beginning Singing together and celebrating who God is and what he's done. It's at the very creation. And it's at the very end when it's all done. We're singing and celebrating God's presence. So as we think about a psalm for the Sabbath. And we come together each Sunday. We can say, you know, this is amazing that God has
1: given us this. And we can give ourselves over to it. When do we Sabbath? Well, it's a Sunday thing, right? Sabbath.
0: We get together and, and worship together.
1: But it's also, this, this passage is for each of us individually. Verse 2 says, to declare your steadfast love in the
0: morning and your faithfulness by night.
1: So it's really a daily thing, isn't it? In the morning. Why in the morning? In the morning we wake up,
0: and this, this passage is encouraging us to worship God in the morning. Because we're at our freshest. We're brand new. We just got done sleeping. It kind of resembles giving our first fruits of thought and emotion and heart. It's in the morning to prepare us for all the day that it has to offer that's coming up. How many of you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, it's, it's going to be rough? <laughs> or even if you don't know, you're, you, you get up and you say, there's a lot going on today. This, this passage is reminding us, hey, pause. Worship God for who he is. Stop and pause and, and remember what he's done before you go handle the day. It's interesting because it's for new members, meaning new family, people who just come to faith in the morning, in the evening, it's a reminder to look back and, and give thanks for what God brought us through, right? It's to look, look back and have gratitude for the faithfulness of God through that whole day. I made it another day, right? <laughs> he promised to provide for me and look, he did. This day is done. He's done it. And it's a great thing to, to reflect back. And then if you kind of Put it on on the perspective of a new Christian, old Christian. Um, For mature Christians, it's good
1: late in life to remember all that God's done. Right? In terms of the question, when we Sabbath,
0: there's really no time boundary. There's no time we shouldn't be worshiping, right? There's no time that we shouldn't present our hearts to God with a a
1: sense of gratitude and thanks. So, how many of you do this? How do we do this, New City? How are we doing with this?
0: Because to me, all that this passage has done is demonstrated this amazing thing I should be doing. And I get to do, but I don't quite do it. I got to confess every week I come here. I'm like, dang, I got to set up. Or I have to do childcare. Or I have to... Not every week, but a lot of times. Especially when you just want to sit at home and maybe chill out and Relax. My confession is that every day I get up and I think about all the stuff I have to do today. And I got to say, as I read this passage, as I study it, I'm
1: so convicted that I'm, I'm just not doing it. And so my, my next question, so then how is that good news?
0: How is this good news for for me, this passage? Where do I see,
1: like, hope in here? And I love that the passage
0: offers hope. I love that it actually, it tells about you. It points to Jesus. In verse 10, it says, But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox,
1: You have poured over me fresh oil. Because I've been exalted, I've been brought from destruction to reconciliation.
0: I've been brought from enemy to son. We've been brought from uh, unfavorable to having great favor
1: because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we get to be inhabited by the Holy Spirit. This sense of
0: having fresh oil poured over us. In Exodus, this anointing of oil is described like this. It's Exodus 30. It says, you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may serve me as priests. This shall be my holy anointing oil. It shall not be poured on the body of an ordinary person, and you shall make no other like it. It is holy and it shall be holy to you. They're talking in this in this psalm about being exalted by God and poured oil over. Because of what Jesus did, he's making me holy. He's exalting me. He's taking me from a place of I can't do this. Um, It's impossible for me to, that's okay, I'm going to help you do it. I'm going to do it for you. I've done it for you. It goes from a place of, man, this is a duty and an obligation that I really fail at, to I get to do this and be glad that I get to do this because of what Christ did for me.
1: God has taken up dwelling inside of me because of what Jesus has done. Verse 12 says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Alexander von Humboldt. Anybody know who that is? He's known as the
0: original guy who kind of founded environmentalism. He says this about the palm tree. He says, The palm is that to which the prize of beauty has been assigned by the concurrent voice of nations in all ages. Translation, the palm tree in that time, the time of Egypt and Arabia and Persia, was the one thing that most of, that, that all of these cultures subsisted on. It represented their life their livelihood, it represented their culture, it represented beauty, and for the psalmist to use this this picture, he's saying to the people in this time, you guys, you're going to flourish like the palm tree, like the thing that sustains your whole society, this is a big deal,
1: it's known for its beauty, it's known for its uprightness. It's known for its power. Great winds come and blow and the palm tree stays.
0: It it bears fruit all the time. It's known for its guidance. If you're in the desert and you're traveling and you see palm trees, what does it mean? Oasis, water, life. So we, we get a picture of Jesus who... Is all of these things beautiful. He's upright. He's powerful. He bears fruit. He, he shows us the living spring of water. Verse 13 says you'll be planted in the house of the Lord. Flourish in the courts of our God. Being made righteous in Christ. We get to be planted in the house of God. Before we weren't allowed to be in His presence because we were unholy
1: and sinful. We're guaranteed a place in His kingdom. Verse fourteen says they shall bear fruit in old age.
0: To show that the Lord is upright. We're called to be on mission, to be eternity minded. We're called to be concerned for the salvation of others. And because of Jesus, he's inviting us to do that. He's inviting us into what he's doing.
1: So that we can show the glory and the character of God. So as we, as we close today, I want to
0: take a look at this psalm and invite you to partake of it invite you to participate in it every week, every day. And it's a, it's a big thing to ask, to come here every week and to celebrate like this is the start of a vacation. Because most of us come here every week and think, ah, oh, i got to go to work tomorrow. That sucks. But this is an invitation to come and be reminded of the goodness of God, of all that He's done, To be reminded that even though you can't do it, that Jesus did. And because of Christ, we're filled with his very spirit. And he's inviting us to let him take the reins and be Lord and our Savior. And to to worship. To live lives of worship. So let's stand. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to respond and celebrate in more worship and praise. Father, thank you for the opportunity to, to gather together as brothers and sisters, as family, to, to be reminded of, of who you are and what you've done. To be reminded that we're been, we've been bought and paid for. And that all that you've done and all who you are, Lord Jesus, is motivation for a response of gratitude and thanks and worship. Pray that as we go this week, and even as we come back together from week to week, that you would help us remember. You would help us remember your goodness like this passage is helping Israel remember what you've done. And let it be a catalyst in our hearts, Father, To be grateful, to be thankful, to to respond from a place of gratitude and thanks and awe. Let it help us worship you, Lord. I pray, Lord, as we respond today, that we would enter in. As your word says, enter into your presence with thanksgiving and praise. I want to invite everybody here who knows Jesus as their Savior to come and take communion, to 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 participate in the body and the blood of Christ that that points to what He's done and and how He saved us. He shed His blood; and He broke His body was broken, and that because of that we can we can come into the
1: presence of God, that we can be planted in his courtyards. I want to invite you, if you feel like you want to
0: pray, if the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart, There's going to be some people up here who would love to pray with you. If you need prayer for healing, emotional, physical, whatever you need, we want to pray with you. We want to join with you in in petitioning God who is the great healer and the great physician. So we invite you to do that. And yeah, let's celebrate together
1: in Jesus' name i mm-hmm.